0: If conservatives believe in something and stand for it and insist on it, there's, there's a win to be had. And that win won't just come to the people pushing it, but it comes to the larger body or hopefully even better, all of America. This is The
1: Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, January 19th. I'm Rob Louie, And that was Paul Teller, executive director of Advancing American Freedom. After working for Vice President Mike Pence, he joined him at his new organization last year. It is dedicated to promoting and defending the policies that Pence championed during his four years in office. Teller is a veteran of Capitol Hill who worked for both Pence and President Trump in the White House and previously on Capitol Hill for Senator Ted Cruz and the Republican Study Committee. Today, he's helping to shape the agenda for conservatives, the new Congress, and our next president. Stay tuned for our interview after this. Conservative women, conservative feminists. It's true, we do exist. I'm Virginia Allen, and every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and I sort through the news to bring you stories that are of particular interest to conservative leaning or problematic women. That is women whose views and opinions are often excluded or mocked by those on the so-called feminist left. We talk about everything from pop culture to politics and policy. Plus, we bring you an exclusive interview with a problematic lawmaker or conservative activist every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. Search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcasts. And we are also problematic on social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram. Paul, thanks so much for joining the Daily Signal podcast. Good to see you, my friend. It's great to have you here. You know, before we talk about current events and the freedom agenda that you've put forward at Advancing American Freedom, I want our audience to hear more about you. Uh, you've had some tremendous experiences working on Capitol Hill for the Republican Study Committee, serving as Senator Ted Cruz's chief of staff, and then
0: later going into the
1: Trump administration right there in the center of the action at the White House. So yes, tell us about that journey.
0: Oh, it's Fantastic. Privilege. I mean, uh, I guess you could say I've been a conservative movement guy my whole life, started in seventh grade as kind of an activist troublemaker in in public school and all the way up, as you said, to the uh, to the Trump-Pence White House. But I think the uh, maybe one of the most exciting times was working for House conservatives, worked, as you said, for the Republican Study Committee uh, back when the RSC was particularly robust in its in its fights. And uh, once its chairman was Mike Pence, so we go we go back to we go back to that.
1: And and of course, House conservatives are in the
0: news a lot lately, oh, yes. uh,
1: having <laughs> just staged this big fight uh, for the speaker. So, what was it like having that knowledge and that perspective that you had as <laughs> at the RSC to watch that play out in real
0: time? Well, it's interesting. it's it was both. both two things. One was. Deeply satisfying because some of what we saw play out clearly had built on some of the successes of you know earlier House conservative pushes and stuff, but also deeply frustrating that I wasn't on the inside you know with the uh, daily machinations going on and you know being able to directly impact. Hopefully we we impacted from the outside, but uh, I do miss being on the inside at times. Well, we can
1: come back to uh, the the new agenda for for this Congress, the 118th Congress, but let's uh, let's talk about the work that you're doing at advancing American freedom. So yes, you sir. have the freedom agenda. It covers a range of public policy issues, things that you would like to see conservatives embrace this this country, really, lead in, in a certain direction. Tell us about how it was created and some of the things that uh, our listeners can find in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you to Heritage and Kevin Roberts for hosting uh, our founder, Mike Pence a few months ago to talk about the freedom agenda right here at Heritage. We're very grateful for that. Um yeah, we we were we thought, you know, if we have a group called Advancing American Freedom, we better have an agenda for how you advance American freedom. So we basically went to the movement. We went to the conservative movement. At least 50 or more uh, conservative leaders directly were asked, uh, hey, what would you put into a freedom agenda? And many more we just got ideas from just by kind of, you know, indirectly listening and hearing what things were, were being said and promoted. Uh, and we just aggregated the uh, the ideas, as we said, from Reagan to Trump uh, of conservatism, what's worked, uh, maybe omitted what hasn't worked or what's, you know, what's uh, a bit passé and just put it all together in in these three buckets of American culture, American opportunity and American leadership as a roadmap for how res- how you can restore freedom in America.
1: And of course, in the interest of full disclosure, you talk to people at the Heritage Foundation. Oh, yes. I know Jessica Anderson Big is time. on your advisory board. So uh, she's the executive director of Heritage Action for America. And so thank you for, for that, that contribution. I, I think that one of the things that separates this from so many other agendas that might exist out mm. there is the fact that you had that crowdsourced and collaborative spirit yeah. uh, that went into it.
0: And we're really proud of that because I I think you're right. Many other agendas. And it's not to insult any other agenda, but just to point out that ours was not something that we sat around, three, four of us in a, in a closed, dark room. We really asked everybody, genuinely got their opinions and genuinely included things that they suggested and then put their names right in the document. So you can go to AdvancingAmericanFreedom.com, find the Freedom Agenda, and you can even see on there – the names of the, of the main contributors to it. And so we're just really proud that it was, uh, you know, kind of an aggregated product that way. That's
1: excellent. Of course, you released the freedom agenda at a time before Republicans had control in, in Washington, uh, at a time when Democrats controlled both houses of Congress, President Biden in the White House. We've since had an election where voters put Republicans back in control of the U.S. House of Representatives. How do you want to see the freedom agenda enacted? What are some of the action steps that go into making sure that the policies you outline actually
0: are implemented? Well, great, great uh, question. I appreciate it. I guess two things. One, we're going to promote the Freedom Agenda in its entirety, kind of renew the promotion of it, go around the hill, remind folks that it's there, tell the new members that it's there who may not be familiar with it. We met with some of them just yesterday, handed each one of them personally a Freedom Agenda, told them about it. Um, But two, we started this series we're calling Future of Freedom which is basically saying, yes, we have a freedom agenda, which of course is a lot of detailed policy prescriptions, but how do we put them into action? And so we're, this Future of Freedom series is gonna kind of be spinoffs of the freedom agenda by issue area. The one we did this week was Energy, just released it. And basically saying, here are the bills that either already exist or that should exist that would put the freedom agenda, principles of freedom into action. That's great. And you, you talked about uh, the federal
1: effort but I also know that there's so much activity happening at the state level. So how can, if, if somebody's listening to this at a at a state or local level, how can they take some of the concepts that
0: you've put together and maybe apply them in their own state? Yeah, I know that's a great point. And uh, it's funny, just literally today we were huddling uh, in the staff office to talk about how do we get it, you know, better understood in the states, uh, better seen in the states. It's, you know, hasn't been as exposed there. But um, I think what we're going to be doing is besides a direct campaign to our allies in various state legislatures and conservative think tanks around. Around town, we just want to make, uh, around the states, we just want to make sure folks are aware that the Freedom Agenda is written, first of all, in plain English. So, in other words, you don't have to be some Washington swamp creature to understand it. We avoided any of that type of language so that, you know, regular, normal Americans can use it. But also, we wrote it. Um, in a way where the principles could apply to your specific state and your specific instance, maybe your specific legislative process. It's not written for Washington where it only applies to the U.S. Congress, that kind of thing. So we'll be talking more about that. But yeah, we very much want to make sure it's uh, used throughout the 50 states.
1: Let's talk about some of the specific policies. Uh, where, From what your vantage point, What do you see as the biggest opportunities, both maybe that align with the interests of American citizens right now, but also where there might be some momentum in the conservative movement?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because I think what's been um, upsetting, if you will, to a lot of conservatives is to see how many of our fellow Americans were willing to give up their freedoms during COVID, for example, that freedom is not necessarily in the bloodstream of many of our fellow citizens, unfortunately. Uh, and so we took, we've took we taken it upon ourselves as, as an organization and through this freedom agenda to say, here's what freedom is. Here's why it's important. We started with the why. I think that's another point of difference. The agenda that we've put forward doesn't just say, pass these 10 bills, you know, and there's agendas that may do that, and that's fine. We talk about what is freedom? Why does it matter? Why does it enrich the human soul and the human condition? And then- uh, talk about what how that translates into into daily life. So yeah, so I think some of the some of the issues that that we get into and really get into just about every major issue you can think of, but some of the things that are most uh, most important the border right, which impacts so many other issues, um, like our economy, like. Education. There's so much that ripples from. You get the border right, some of these other issues will will be um, improved as well. But certainly, just everything the, the economy to American leadership and and the world stage. Energy is again something we've been we've been big on, and of course, just signature issues for us because we're you know led by Mike Pence would be the pro life issue, the religious liberty issue, all of those things. Uh, we have, uh, you know, specific proposals for.
1: And of course, with the March for Life coming up, and you I know a signature event every year that pro-lifers come to Washington, D.C., and Vice President Pence, when he was uh, serving in that role, obviously played a significant uh, effort in terms of getting President Trump more active and involved in that community. So thank you uh, oh, yes. to him uh, for everything he's done uh, for the pro-life movement.
0: Yeah, really appreciate it. It is uh, uh, It is a great honor, and he takes great pride in that. But again, he also was um, always giving credit to the president where it was due because ultimately it was the president that was you know, leading leading the administration. But yes, I think the energy behind many of the pro-life uh, initiatives, the religious liberty initiatives, other related such uh, uh, items, the energy came from Mike Pence. I, I,
1: you know, one of the other things that you do at Advancing American Freedom is a great project called the Biden Accountability Tracker. Uh, yes, I, I'd like you to tell our listeners about this, uh, where they can find more information yeah. and what exactly it is. and And Really, I think it's so unique because I don't see a lot of other people doing what you're doing here.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. And again, with this and so many other things we're talking about today, advancingamericanfreedom.com is a website. It's all on there. But yeah, it's so the Biden accountability tracker, we just decided it actually started just at the beginning of um, our time right after the White House, so early 2021. We just said, you know, when we were in the White House, we wish we had had a better running list of all the successes that we have had all the policy prescriptions that we're, we're putting out, we were winning that were conservative and things like that. And so we just kind of flipped that and said, you know, now that it's Biden-Harris uh, in charge, let's start a running list in real time of all the things that they're doing that are undoing freedom, that are undoing the policy successes of the Trump-Pence years, and that I just think are harmful for America. And so we just started it kind of informally, you know, in a Microsoft Word document. And someone, maybe a few people said, you got to put this out there, you know, let it be something that Americans can see in you. So again, it is on our website, advancingamericanfreedom.com. And what makes it different is we don't just track the big things that maybe you're seeing on a, you know, Fox News uh, breaking news alert. But even some of the smaller things, an executive order that's issued, a, a guidance letter that's issued to the agencies, we dig down and say there's a lot of horrible stuff going on and we're going to you know, publicize it and track it for you. Yeah, you made it. You made a
1: point there. I mean, it really started on day one of the Biden administration. Oh, I mean, yeah. We saw particularly you mentioned the border earlier. Undoing a lot of the successful Trump Pence initiatives uh, that that really put the border crisis under under control, and now it's exploded. So, uh, and really encourage our listeners to check it out. Like you say, it's very detailed. It yeah. provides tremendous information.
0: And we want it to be interactive, meaning um, if your listeners have ideas, maybe we missed something. Maybe there's something you know uh, we 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 addressed a certain document, but we missed section three of it, and we should really highlight. That. Let us know. Please tell us, or they can tell you and you could let us know because we want to make sure that we're really capturing everything in, in that document that we could possibly put. Uh, Paul, I see Vice President Pence
1: so active, uh, traveling the country, oh, yes. delivering speeches, whether it be on a college campus or another venue, always on television. Obviously, he's active on social media. How are you working with him to make sure that more and more Americans hear about the freedom agenda and other things that are going on in your, your universe?
0: Well, that, that's what's such a blessing to have him as our founder, because just what a fantastic um, amplifier he is, right? I mean, anything he does or says, it just gets tremendous news, gets tremendous attention. He He's got tremendous crowds at at events, always kind of forcing us to add seats in the back or create an overflow room at events. It's just really fantastic. He's based in Indiana, you know, he and his wife, and just is constantly flying all over the country, frankly, all over the world. He's been out of the country as well, uh, just sharing the message of freedom, talking about the freedom agenda specifically, some of the ideas – but again, talking and touting those successes of the of the Trump Pence years, those fantastic policy successes, so many of which have unfortunately either already been undone, or weakened, or made you know secondary to uh, you know the Biden Harris radical liberal agenda. So he's he's out there telling the story, building alliances and and collaborations wherever he can. And we'll be sure to include
1: a link to the video in the show notes and the transcripts. So uh, our listeners can, can can watch his speech at, at the Heritage Foundation and uh, some of the other things that he's done. Obviously, he contributed to the Daily Signal shortly after leaving uh, his, his role as vice president. And so we're always grateful for for his columns that, that he supplied to us. Uh, you know, I want to talk about some some current events that, that have popped up. Obviously, just get your take on them. Having served in the White House, there's a lot of news about these classified documents that that, that President Biden, uh, you know, people have now discovered. It seems like a double standard here, Paul. Sure right? what, what can yeah. you tell our listeners about how how not only the media treats this story because they're not giving it nearly as the attention that uh, they gave uh, stories about President Trump, but also, you know, from your perspective, having been on the inside, uh, what do you think uh, we, we need to do as conservatives
0: to keep the spotlight on Biden? No, it's a great point, and I think. Um, uh what we're trying to say from advancing American freedom is we need to be a country of of laws, the rule of law. and that's throughout the the freedom agenda. And I think this is yet one other example in our unfortunate recent history of uh, some people being treated one way, some people being treated other other ways, more specifically, conservatives or Republicans are giving certain given certain treatment that liberals and Democrats are not given. They're given maybe a lighter treatment. that's everything from uh, you know, on big tech, right? Uh, when when conservatives are, are shadow banned, frankly, it's even the border. Does anyone think that if uh, that if Democrats thought that the the folks illegally pouring across the southern border were all becoming Republicans, that they'd be in favor of the, this open border? I mean, let's let's be real, right? So, uh, it's it's that that different treatment that I think we we will continue to highlight. We obviously don't know all the facts of what's going on. It's a developing story with Biden, but. We will keep pointing out that this needs to once again be a nation of, of laws and people should be treated equally under the law. Well, not not to pick
1: on our friends in the media too much, but you know, <laughs> one of the things that, that recently irritated me was the commentary that you heard about House Conservatives and not only their their principled opposition to Kevin McCarthy over some issues, but also you know just the fact that it was creating a scene of chaos on the House floor. When in fact now, as you mentioned earlier in the interview, uh, they achieved some reforms that really just undid the power grab of Speaker Pelosi. I mean, back when you were serving in yeah. the House, some of these things were were fairly standard. standard it was yeah. Pelosi who who implemented them. So going forward, whether it pertains to the Freedom Agenda or just in general, when it comes to the appropriation process or regular Order in the House. What are you most
0: hopeful for in this particular uh, Republican-controlled House? Well, yeah, and I think what what uh, you know the the events, if you will, of the Speaker's race really showed is that conservatives can use their leverage for good, for policy wins, and even more importantly for process and structural rent wins, right? Because that's what I think um, the twenty really got out of out of this entire process. And here's the thing: it wasn't that just the twenty got it. Really, the whole House got it, meaning the rank and file have been empowered through this process. And uh, so I think it does show that if conservatives believe in something and stand for it and insist on it, there's there's a win to be had. And that win won't just come to the people pushing it, but it comes to the larger body or hopefully even better, all of America. You think we'll see a positive step in the direction of more
1: fiscal responsibility when it comes to the House now that we have some of these reforms in place?
0: You know, I think so. Uh, count me as maybe slightly cynical just because of my, uh, you know, history, uh, you know, working in the House and Senate. But um, fortunately, it does sound like Speaker McCarthy has made promises that we will keep spending under control. And one such thing is you know, even just bringing separate appropriations bills to the House floor, I think, should help with that in the sense that. It will allow for more opportunities to remove wasteful spending, to reduce spending, to – you know, there's more targets to shoot at. Whereas when you have that kind of singular omnibus appropriations bill, very often comes to the House floor without the ability to even amend it. It's just fewer things to shoot at. That's right.
1: And, and one of the important agreements that he made was a vote on the Republican Study Committee budget, which yeah. – Having previously served for the RSC, you know that. So, you know, why is that significant in particular? What does the RSC contribute from your perspective that maybe others in Congress don't necessarily take into perspective when they're putting together a budget?
0: Yeah, historically and, and, you know, has always been the RSC budget kind of the, the, uh, the conservative roadmap. To a balanced budget, to a restored constitutional order <laughs> in America. In other words, it wasn't just hey, let's cut spending on random stuff. It was how do we weed out from federal spending from the federal budget the things that either are not constitutional or are constitutionally questionable or just inappropriate, you know, for the federal government to be spending on. And even if it is appropriate to be spending on, maybe we're spending too much on it that we could, you know, dial it back. And so, no one better than the RSC to put forward that that roadmap. So getting a vote on it is putting folks on record saying, do we want to move in a more constitutional direction in America? Do we want to reduce spending? Do we want to reduce the debt or do we not? And who specifically says yes and no to the different options? So it's, it's, it's a worthwhile vote. hope they get it. Paul, I want to close
1: with uh, a, a short story and then just get your take on what it was like to be a member of the, the, the Trump Pence team there uh, during those remarkable four years. Absolutely, It was uh, August of of 2020 and The White House press corps didn't have anybody that was able to go on a trip with Vice President Pence. They would have somebody who was the pool reporter, typically who would travel alongside the vice president. And when nobody, I guess, volunteered for that role, uh, they contacted me. Yeah, I remember. And they asked, they asked if I would come along as the trip and be the pool reporter and basically deliver a blow-by-blow of everything that would happen from the time that we boarded Air Force Two to the time we were on the ground in Tampa. And you were alongside me uh, on that trip. And you'll remember that a reporter for The New York Times uh, didn't particularly <laughs> like the fact that The Daily <laughs> Signal had been given this responsibility. But it was just one glimpse that I had into uh, what a remarkable experience it must have been uh, to serve uh, in in a role like yours. What was it like uh, to, to have that experience, uh, you know, throughout uh, your time in the White House?
0: Uh, well, first of all, thank you. And it was a great honor to have you on uh, Air Force Two that day. It was a great day. Uh, The truth is, to properly answer that question, we would need another 20 minutes, which we don't have. But, um, yeah, the short of it is just a tremendous honor every single day. I would be one of those guys walking around just kind of, tilting my head left and right and just saying, I cannot believe I get to work here. I cannot believe I get to just kind of show my badge and they open the gate for me. I mean, this is crazy. This is me. (laughs) Like, do they know they're letting me in the door here? This is insane. But um, yeah, just tremendous honor, including right up to my last day. I remember when it was, I was literally packing my desk And the last thing I did was just I just walked the entire White House campus wherever I was legally allowed to go. Uh, I just went and just stopped and looked and thought of different things that happened, not even just during our administration, but historically throughout the, you know, 200 years or so that the White House had been the home of the president and just really soaked it all in because it was a tremendous honor. Well,
1: Paul Teller, thank you so much
0: for the work you're doing at Advancing American
1: Freedom. We'll be sure to provide our listeners with a link to the Freedom Agenda and everything else that's uh, available on your website. And, of course, give our best to Vice President Pence and thank him for
0: championing so many uh, important conservative issues. Absolutely. He's grateful for your alliance, both uh, institutionally and personally, Rob, and uh, we'll we'll be in good touch always. Thank you. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you
1: for listening to The Daily Signal podcast. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. We'll be back with you all at 5 p.m. for our top news edition.